Welcome to Domestic Chaos. I'm Burr Beard. Potential damage from Trump's hundreds of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago is a threat to foreign sources of information recruited over some years at great cost. USA Today reports that the documents are among the most closely held secrets dealing with human sources of intelligence and information supposed to be returned to agencies that requested it. Human sources are typically foreign nationals who risk prison terms and execution for spying on their own governments. While much attention is trained on whether Trump broke the law, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence is assessing the potential security risks with the FBI to see what damage may have been done. Meanwhile, Trump says it's really secret. Back to the January 6th insurrection, news this week reported by Daily Koss is that Trump wanted people to die so he could invoke the Insurrection Act and stay in power. Former Department of Homeland Security Chief of Staff Miles Taylor explains why Trump did nothing but gleefully watch TV that day. Taylor points out that the more deaths that occurred, especially deaths to members of Congress, the better justification Trump would have for invoking the Insurrection Act, declaring martial law and preventing the peaceful transfer of power. The Guardian reports that Republicans are trying to win by spreading three false talking points. This commentary from Robert Reich. Republicans are telling three lies they hope will swing the midterms. They involve crime, inflation, and taxes. These are the claims. Number one, they claim that Crime is rising because Democrats have been soft on crime, pure rubbish. Rising crime rates are due to the proliferation of guns, which Republicans refuse to control. The facts are, while violent crimes rose 28% from 2019 to 2020, gun homicides rose 35%. States that have weakened gun laws have seen gun crime surge. Clearly, a major driver of the national increase in violence is the easy availability of guns. The violence can't be explained by any of the Republican talking points about soft-on-crime Democrats. Lack of police funding? Baloney. Democrat-run major cities spend 38% more on policing per person than than Republican-run cities, and 80% of the largest cities increased police funding from 2019 to 22. Criminal justice reforms? Wrong. Data shows that wherever bail reforms have been implemented, rearrest rates are remaining stable. Data from major cities show no connection between policies of progressive prosecutors and changes in crime rates. Research has reportedly shown that crime is rising faster in Republican, Trump-supporting states. The think tank Third Way found that in 2020, per capita murder rates were 40% higher in states won by Trump than in those won by Joe Biden. It's been Republican policies that have made it easier for people to get and carry guns. Republicans are lying about the real cause of rising crime to protect their patrons, gun manufacturers. Number two, they claim that inflation is due to Biden's spending and wage increases. That's baloney. The major cause of current inflation rates is the global post-pandemic shortage of all sorts of things, coupled with Putin's war in Ukraine and China's lockdowns. The major domestic cause of the current inflation is big corporations that have been taking advantage of inflation by raising their prices higher than their increasing costs. Here are some facts. Inflation can't be explained by any of the Republican talking points. Biden's spending, 
rubbish again. That can't be causing our current inflation because inflation has broken out everywhere around the world, often at a much higher rate than in the U.S. Democrats shouldn't focus on abortion in the midterms. That's a mistake. Besides, heavy spending by the U.S. government began in 2020 before the Biden administration. And in order to protect Americans and the economy from the ravages of COVID-19, it was deemed necessary. American workers getting wage increases? Wages can't be pushing inflation because wages have been increasing at a slower pace than prices, leaving most workers worse off. Number three, they say Democrats voted to hire an army of IRS agents who will audit and harass the middle class. Nonsense. The IRS won't be going after the middle class. It'll be going after the ultra-rich and wealthy tax cheats. The Inflation Reduction Act, passed in July, provides funding to begin to get IRS staffing back to what it was before 2010, after which Republicans diminished staff by roughly 30%, despite increases since then in the number of Americans filing tax returns. The extra staff are needed to boost efforts against high-end tax evasion, which is more difficult to root out because the ultra-wealthy hire squads of accountants and tax attorneys to hide their taxable incomes. The Treasury Department and the IRS have made clear that audit rates for households earning $400,000 or under will remain the same. Let's be clear, the IRS needs extra resources to go after rich tax cheats. Republicans are lying about what the IRS will do with the new funding to protect their ultra-wealthy patrons. None of these three lies is as brazen and damaging as Trump's big lie. But they're all being used by Republican candidates in the last week of the midterms. In recent polls, American voters ranked threats to democracy as the most important issue facing the country. At a time of climate collapse, inflation, and a pandemic, this is a remarkable statement on the fragility of America's fundamental rights and freedoms. In February 2021, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia lost her seats on House committees, where Congress does much of its work because she had supported QAnon conspiracy theories and spread other dangerous information on social media. But instead of being consigned to political oblivion, Green has gained clout over the past two years, this according to a New York Times Magazine profile. Last month, Green sat directly behind the House Minority Speaker Kevin McCarthy as he unveiled his agenda for midterm elections. Republican candidates often ask Green to campaign for them. She's become a major fundraiser within the party, and Green told the Times she had talked to Donald Trump about being his running mate if he were to run for president in 2024. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy warned Tuesday that Republicans will not write a blank check for Ukraine if they win back the House majority, reflecting his party's growing skepticism about financial report for Kiev as it battles Russia's invasion. I think people are going to be sitting in a recession and they're not going to want to write a blank check to Ukraine, McCarthy told Punchbowl News. Comments come as McCarthy, in line to become Speaker if the Republicans win the House, raised fresh questions about the resiliencies of America's support for Ukraine as a growing number of Republicans, particularly those aligned with Donald Trump's America First approach, question the need for federal spending abroad. The Supreme Court says it won't consider the so-called insular cases, a series of cases decided in the early 1900s that are known today for their racist foundation. The decision raises questions about who counts as a citizen. 
NPR News says the crux of the cases are how people born in various U.S. territories get citizenship. Eligibility for birthright citizenship is in the territories controlled only by Congress and isn't constitutionally guaranteed. Congress hasn't granted birthright citizenship to residents of American Samoa or Swains Island, both of which are classified only as outlying possessions. The latest decision dashes their hopes of gaining birthright citizenship. However, residents of Puerto Rico, Guam, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and the Northern Marianas Islands are deemed U.S. citizens under the Immigration and Nationality Act. The insular cases held that full constitutional rights apply only to incorporated territories destined for statehood like Hawaii, but not to unincorporated territories. The distinction was based on racist stereotypes of the residents of these territories. Hundreds of U.S. veterans have taken lucrative jobs with foreign governments. Over 500 retired military personnel have been hired since 2015, mostly in countries known for human rights abuses, a Washington Post investigation found. Most have played key roles in upgrading the militaries of Persian Gulf monarchies like Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates. The Post sued the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, and the State Department to get this information, which has been long kept secret. You can keep more money from the IRS this year, says the Washington Post. Due to inflation, the IRS is raising thresholds for all tax brackets, meaning workers will get more take-home pay in January. Plus, the standard deduction will go up $13,850 for individuals, $27,700 for married couples. Meanwhile, President Biden tried to lower gas prices this week by releasing some 15 billion barrels of fuel from U.S. reserves meant for national crisis. These releases have been happening since spring. And Europe's inflation crisis, different from America's, according to the New York Times. In Britain, Prime Minister Liz Truss has resigned after just six weeks in office over a now-abandoned tax cut plan that experts warned would worsen inflation, if not wreck economic havoc. Europe is bracing for skyrocketing energy costs this winter. In the U.S., the Federal Reserve is considering more aggressive steps to bring down price increases, but its move could also cause a recession, as reported last week in the Times. So what happened? It helps to think of inflation as two related crises instead of one. In the first, global disruptions from the pandemic and Russia's invasion of Ukraine prompted inflation to spike around the world. In the second, some countries, particularly the U.S., also made inflation worse for themselves through domestic policy decisions. From last year until early 2022, prices in the U.S. rose more quickly than in the other countries, but the EU and Britain are now ahead. Japan has dealt with stagnating economy and deflation for decades. Europe began outpacing the U.S. when the war in Ukraine created its own disruptions. Russian invasion shut down Ukraine, one of the world's breadbaskets and a major exporter of grain, and raised food prices. And Western sanctions in response to the war cut off Europe from Russia oil and gas, on which the continent relied heavily. So worldwide energy prices went up too. This just in, Trump answered questions this week under oath in a lawsuit brought against him by E. Jean Carroll on charges of rape. Carol, an advice columnist, alleges the attack took place in a New York apartment in the mid-1990s. 
Trump says she's lying, of course. And this also just in. Steve Bannon has been sentenced to four months in prison for flouting the House January 6th panel. And in the local beat, Tucker Carlson, who has a history of attacking U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman, is drumming up a new theory to come after the Pennsylvania Democrat again over NBC News interviews on his post-stroke health. The Fox News host, who has padded his shows with conspiracy theories in the past, claimed that Fetterman merged with a computer and could be hacked due to his use of an electronic captioning device. Sound from Fox News comes via Huffington Post. Carlson begins with Fetterman's stroke earlier this year. But because of that stroke, Fetterman now needs electronic assistance in order to communicate with other people. He can't talk on his own. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. In fact, it's so real, his campaign concedes that it's real, that it's true. Fetterman uses a software program to understand the words of those around him and to formulate his responses to those words. In other words, to talk. Now, to be perfectly clear, this software is not a hearing aid. Fetterman doesn't need a hearing aid because he isn't deaf. He's not hearing impaired. Instead, this program takes words and then rearranges them into language that John Fetterman can understand because his brain can no longer do that for him. Now, that's sad. For transhumanists, though, it is thrilling. This is an amazing moment. This is Neil Armstrong on the moon. Here you have the, one of the most famous politicians in the country merging with a computer. This is the future they imagine. They're thrilled by it. But for everyone else, for the voters of Pennsylvania, for example, it does raise some obvious questions. For example, where exactly does the software end and John Fetterman's consciousness begin? We don't know. We can't know. But it's obvious that Pennsylvania could very well be sending a computer program to the U.S. Senate where inevitably it will be hacked. But don't worry. Everything's going to be fine in the Senate as long as there's not a power outage. It's not like the electricity ever goes down in this country. We definitely have enough renewables to keep John Fetterman voting the right way for the next six years. Better build some more wind farms. That's the plan. And a political poem from Mike Schneider. Tucker rhymes with, use your imagination, Fetterman is a cyborg. The sixth, those who went forth and took the fifth. Rectum. Rectum. Hell, I've destroyed them. By the way, Oz and Fetterman are set to debate next Tuesday, October 25th. I've heard Republicans described as voting the power of the office, not the bizarro candidate like Herschel Walker they will vote for. But with candidates like Lake in Arizona and Mastriano in Pennsylvania, the election deniers will not concede their elections until they've won or claim the election was stolen and raise the ire of their rank and file. For this week, that's Domestic Chaos. I'm Burr Beard. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.